Hey everybody, it's Friday. It's time for the iPhone Photo Show, your guide for all things iPhone photography and video. Jefferson Graham and Scott Bourne are here. Scott has been uh, in conducting an experiment for most of 2022 where he was going to use the iPhone as his only camera and he's going to announce his feelings about how that worked out. And uh, he's got some thoughts on the uh, macro lens on the new iPhone 14 Pro cameras as well. Let's say hi to Scott Bourne. Hello, everybody. And let's uh, also say hi to Dr. Larry T from Platypod. Thank him for sponsoring this podcast. You can find out more about Platypod at platypod.com. Jefferson, it was one year ago next week that I made the decision to just try to use my iPhone 13 Pro as my quote-unquote main camera. Doesn't mean the only camera, but most of the time the only camera. And, and wherever I could do it. And? And it surprised me uh, how well it did on the video side. It excelled uh, way beyond my expectations. And it disappointed me just a touch on the still side in the usual areas if there's not good light it's not the best choice for someone like me who makes a living at this but for 99 percent of the people that buy an iphone it's just fine but i was evaluating as a professional photographer could it replace the kind of lenses and cameras i used to carry around and in the, the question of video there's no question about it. It can. Okay. I should just say that I also use the iPhone as my main camera. I own a bunch of Sony cameras and Sony lenses, and I love them with all my heart. But um, after I had my theft in San Francisco, when I was, uh, when I was uh, doing a stand-up in front of a camera and the camera and uh, tripod got taken away within seconds, I decided that if I, I was going to use the iPhone in public, unless it was a paid gig and it was in a controlled situation. So I've been taking the iPhone with me all over the place for the production of my PhotoWalks TV series. It's a great travel camera. It is perfect for that. Yeah. And, and um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's also perfect if you want to shoot ProRes video. Now, for those that don't know, ProRes is a codec, and it's the most popular codec with people certainly who use Final Cut Pro as their video editing tool. And if you have an M1 Mac running Final Cut's latest version and you have an iPhone 13 Pro shooting HQ high-res 4K video, you're going to have an editing experience that will simply blow your mind. And um, what's important about my test, Jefferson, is I'm going to run down some cameras that most of our audience won't have heard of, but the video people in the audience will have heard of them and they'll be impressed. A Red Scarlet, a Blackmagic 6K Cinema Pro, a Blackmagic 12K Ursa. Um, those are three that come to top of mind that I tested a lot and um, I even used uh, uh, the Sony FX9 which is a very high-end video camera and a Venice which is their highest end camera and I took footage from all of these cameras and some of these cameras Jefferson cost $50,000 and I put it on the timeline in Final Cut and 
most of the time they're extremely compatible again low light issues sometimes would give away the iphone footage not nothing that couldn't be fixed but it blew me away i mean why am i care well you saw the big rig i was carrying around in bolske last year right 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 that thing was a monster wasn't it um yeah i've seen bigger but it, you know compared to what i was carrying it's a monster yeah i was holding an iphone right yeah, yeah. two of them sometimes yeah uh, the you know that didn't do any better for me than the iphone did and in fact there were times when i could not get those fancy camera cameras ready in time to capture fast moving action because we all know that uh, you know birds don't have email so if you want to do birds like we were doing at bosque and something happens you can't ask them to back up and do it again uh, you have to be ready to go and in that regard the iphone won the day it's um it has good stabilization it's the same pretty much stabilization they told you is better on the 14 <laughs> but it's still very good and if you know how to work with it it, it, it in most cases unless you're doing you know a lot of walking like jefferson does you really don't need a gimbal the, okay but, but the main but, thing is the editing you can grade this footage that means you know do photoshop like stuff you would do in a still photo but you do the video and it doesn't fall apart like it would like you would expect but you're telling me that the footage from these big cameras which which have bigger sensors i assume and higher resolution looked as good if not as good as the iPhone. Well, okay, so let's look at the resolution question. Um, some of these cameras, because the camera companies bow to the marketing uh, prowess of the marketers who have found out that if they say something has more megapixels, people think it's better, especially here in America where we think bigger is better for everything. I want the Hummer because it's the biggest car or whatever. The problem is, the sensors haven't grown in size much if at any at all and so you're cramming lots of resolution on a small sensor it ends up needing to be tweaked in post as much as the iphone's footage from a tiny sensor needs to be tweaked in post so it's a push and if you shoot properly meaning you know what you're doing you expose for the highlights and shadows the way you want you have good light and and you have you've been thoughtful about it then side by side i've shown the footage to people and say now which one of these was an iphone and which one of these was a 12k ursa and you know on a regular computer monitor people can't see it now if we were looking at it on a 4k 72 inch television screen yeah you'd be able to see it but you know espn still broadcasts most of its stuff in 1080p so in terms of real world use the yeah the iphone 13 pro is is my camera of choice for video now for stills i like it too especially if you're talking vacation camera family portrait outings um you know documenting christmas it's going to be great for all that stuff for serious professional work you got to have good light to get really good results that's my experience but there are also times where, you know, the old adage about photography that my buddy Rick Salmon and I say all the time is ask us any question about photography 
And the answer will always start with it depends. It depends on what you're trying to do. And so when I'm doing my toy photography and I literally can't get any camera into the scene other than the iPhone because every other camera is too big. Well, that makes it the best camera for that situation. Well, my experience on shooting video on the iPhone compared to my Sony a7 IV is that I mean, they both look great. But, you know, when I slap a 7200 2.8 lens onto a Sony, it looks better than the iPhone. Well, that's Portrait, you, don't, you can't do that on an iPhone, though. That's right. Portrait mode is wonder. I'm sorry. Cinematic mode is wonderful on the iPhone, but it's still fakery. And I can see the fakery. Sometimes it's not as blatant, but sometimes it is. And, but I still, just based on the logistics, I, I'm running and gunning doing a travel photography series uh, where I start first thing in the morning and I end at night. And it's a lot easier for me to just run around with iPhones and, uh, and my cheap tripods that, that make you blush, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, here's the thing, Jefferson. I've watched every, I believe, every episode of Photo Walks TV that you produce mostly with an iPhone. And never once, not one time in the hours of show that I've watched combined, have I said, oh, the iPhone didn't do a very good job for him there. I've never said that. I've, I mean, I've never noticed. And that's the best you can hope for when you're making content. You want the tech to go away. You want it to become invisible. You want the storytelling. You want the results to be minds, you know, top of mind and what, what I see when I watch your show is I get lost in your descriptions of the places. I look at the visuals. I've never thought that you didn't have enough camera. And I've looked at a lot of professional video. So th this makes my point. Now I realize there are people that will come up with, well, in this circumstance, under this, 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 and this, it, it sucks. And yeah, you can come up with an I, idea of a place where maybe it's not going to be perfect. But most of the time, and I did qualify this by saying if you have good light, then the iPhone stands its ground as a professional video camera. Yeah, well, thank you for the kind words. I do have a, a interesting side note on photography. So uh, photos, I think travel photos shot in great light look amazing on the iPhone, way better than any cell phone camera should really look. Uh, it, it, when you shoot in low light, it starts to fall apart, and you really don't know this until you look at them on the computer because on the on the phone they all look great the screen's beautiful i did a family photo shoot on saturday this is really interesting so i took pictures of families and i shot them on my sony and i i live by the beach and i was shooting them at the beach and i had a big white sky in the background which is normal when you when you're doing something like this and then i reached for the iphone 14 and i took a picture of them and i had this wonderful blue sky behind them the it's the old um multiple exposure, every shot you take is multiple exposures and they're blending all these photos together. Uh, and the family was thrilled. I was thrilled. Look at look at what we're getting on this. And, and it's it sort of, what it said to me was that if I shot on the Sony, they would complain because now they're used to seeing the fake blue sky because it's basically a fake blue sky, but it looked really nice. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, the dynamic range is is actually very good on both devices the difference is ai does the post-processing for you in a nanosecond within you pressing the shutter button on the iphone and so you see the blue in the sky 
because like you said it's really it's a sophisticated hdr kind of approach that takes lots of exposures averages them out and gives you the dynamic range you're looking for now you could do that on the sony but you're going to shoot manually you're going to shoot three exposures and then you're going to use an hdr like program or come in through lightroom and merge hdr and you get the same result only you have a lot more control over the methodology used and this is where my personal frustration comes because I've always been a manual shooter and most of our audience isn't, but I am. And I want to control everything, Jefferson. I've been at this 50 years. I know what it's supposed to look like. And when I shoot with my iPhone, I have no control. It just does what it does. Well, I'm a manual shooter as well. And I'm thinking about that family shoot at HTR. So uh, I would have the camera on a tripod. I would tell them they can't move. They have to stand totally still, and I would take three photos of basically one at 60th of a second, one at 15th, and one at 250th, let's say, something like that. And then I would merge them later in Lightroom and hope for the best and hope that their facial expression, facial tones would be cool while I'm getting the blue sky. Meanwhile, on the iPhone, I'm just hand-holding and taking a quick snap and getting the blue sky and the HDR. It's really amazing. There's another way you could do that, Jefferson. You could shoot a composite with just the blue sky, no people, and then set them in. But in any event, you're right. The iPhone makes this easy, and that's why people love it. And that's why grandma and grandpa are thrilled for having the iPhone, because they just want good pictures of their grandkids. They don't give a rat's you-know-what about f-stop, shutter speed, ISO. And it's it's people like us that care about that. The problem is... And you you just briefly referenced it when you were discussing the cinematic mode on the iPhone. And the problem is, is the fakery, as you call it, it shows up as fakery when the AI doesn't quite get it right. And you never, ever know, is the AI going to do it right? Maybe this particular picture at the beach, the blue sky looks great. But maybe the next one, it's going to fall apart and you'll start to see banding, which is what I see in a lot of these things when AI goes to work. Or you'll you'll see um, color noise or you'll see chromatic aberration. I see these things because I do this for a living. Most people won't, but it bugs me because I could control that in post if I was in complete charge. But you're you're certainly on the iPhone 14. You're not going to ever be in complete charge because the best you have is Apple's Pro Raw, which still has some of their secret sauce baked into each file. It's not like a pure DNG file that you would get off a lot of other cameras. Well, speaking of photo modes, you had some fun playing with macro mode on the iPhone 14 this week. Tell everybody about it. Well, you know, I was had as hesitant and reticent about the 14, but I didn't want to be holding court without having played with one. So I've played with an iPhone 14 Pro fully loaded three different times, about 15, 20 minutes each, doing different experiments. And I wanted to see for myself how this stuff works out. And looking at the raw sensor data, I'm not impressed with the 48 megapixels at all, but I understand why people are excited about it because the pixel binning and the post work that they do with their AI generally works pretty well, but not in every case. But one of my use cases is in toy photography, where I'm working on these tiny 112 scale sets, and I've got to get a camera in someplace that even, you know, even a small mirrorless won't fit. The iPhone's it. 
So I use the iPhone quite a lot. In those situations, I need to be able to use macro mode because the phone is just mere inches from the figures I'm photographing. And there's now a gigantic problem for people that have upgraded to the 14. And it is this, the close focusing distance on the camera has changed. And lo and behold, Apple didn't say anything about that during the, uh, during the announcement. <laughs> but prior to my, my current iPhone 13 Pro, I, can, I have a close focusing distance of 5.9 inches. It's 5.92 inches according to my ruler. Now, the iPhone 14, 7.82 inches. Really? That is a lot further away. Well, as you're speaking, I pulled out the iPhone 14 and I'm jump I'm I'm taking a macro shot and I'm right on top of something. So I, I, I don't have a ruler here. I don't know how far away you are, but I'm right on top of some of a little piece that came out well, of the box. If this stuff. is the part where you tell me you have the only iPhone 14 in the world that close focuses more than uh, closely than every other one, I'll be I'll be interested in seeing you prove that. But I I did a scientific test, Jeff. And you, it may appear to be in focus to you, but it's not. It is not in focus if you're closer than 7.8 inches because it just doesn't work that way. There's well, some physics, once again, that are involved, and it has to do with this larger lens. So, uh, But 7 inches is big. I mean, that's, that's, this is like, I mean, that's like a third of the size of a computer screen, is it not? Well, the difference was 5.9 on the 13 Pro, 7.8 on the 14. So you're losing about 20, 25% of your close focusing distance. Now, close focusing distance is something my whole career, it's been important to me. When I was a bird photographer, I worked with these great big long lenses and their close focusing distance was 17 feet. So it'd be very difficult to fill the frame with a bird. Then I switched to Olympus. Everybody knows I was an Olympus visionary. One of the reasons I did that is because you could get an 800 the equivalent focal length of 800 millimeters and have a close focusing distance of 4.9 feet, which was stupendous, which meant I could photograph and fill the frame. So these, these are important considerations for some of us, but 99% of the people that buy this stuff don't care about the things I care about. I'm just simply talking about this because we do do a podcast about the iPhone camera for an audience that's fairly sophisticated when you, at least when you look at the quality of the pictures they take and i think they they need to know about this if you're a macro person and you've been doing a ton of macro on your iphone 13 and you upgraded the 14 be prepared you're going to give something up all right i'm going to do a back-to-back -back shot after we speak and i'm going to see what happens um speaking of great iphone photos well let's talk about the iphone photo team which is our website where Week after week, some pretty amazing photos are being shown, and, and, and people are showing what they can do with an iPhone. Every week, I haven't been able to lately because of some stuff I'm dealing with, doctor and stuff and all that. But every week, I try to spend at least an hour in there looking at the pictures. And, uh, of course, you and I both love the work of Mal McCann. He show you what, he'll show you what a guy can do no matter what kind of camera he's got in his hand. Um, but there are others and we've noted there's been spectacular photography there and the circles we have there for you to put your photos in, uh, help you sort of segment it out between landscape, 
black and white travel. I encourage people to look at what the iPhone can do, because as I discussed my personal, um, you know, disappointment with the phone, I also note one of my old my own famous sayings is people don't buy something for what it doesn't do. They buy it for what it does do. And there's a lot this phone does that's going to make people happy. I do want to say that at first I thought it was a gimmick, but I kind of like the dynamic island thingy. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> not much. You don't, uh, you don't think no, much of it, huh? No, I like always on display, and I like the look of iOS 16. I like the the uh, the front page of the phone is absolutely gorgeous, and and the the brighter screen is great. But the dynamic island is just an Apple gimmick, as far as I'm concerned. It just doesn't do much for me. No knock, but uh, I haven't gotten excited about it. Well, I think what you're going to see is you need to see the software programmers take better advantage of it because I can see some uses for it. That's what excites me about it. Now I'm, I'm already seeing reports out of China on the 15 (laughs) and, uh, they are, they are more likely to have the USB C connection next year, which means I'm automatically upgrading no matter what, because I need USB C. I, I would, love to see you know does the dynamic island make that jump and do they solve some of these problems because by the way i just did a quick look before we recorded this show there are a ton of iphone 14 bugs still out there that have not been fixed people having trouble you know converting from 13 to 14 the data is getting lost there's the camera shake problem that's allegedly fixed but maybe not there's there's a restart problem unless you turn off all background app uh, refreshes, which is kind of inconvenient. There's just a lot of bugs. I'm surprised Jefferson that they let a phone that's this buggy get through to the public, but maybe they've just decided it it's cheaper to let the, the, the public tell them what's wrong and replace those units than it is to hire real beta testers. Well, this is what they do every year. And, um, you know, I'd love to sell uh, one one hundredth of the phones that they're, they're going to sell. So, they're, well, they're, guess what, though? Guess what? Did you see yeah. the new the new advice they put out today? No, fill, not, fill me in. They're not planning to sell as many as they said they were. <laughs> they've uh, they've cut some orders. They don't think uh, it's going as well. So, well, OK, from what I read, the pro is going well. The 14s are not going well. Yeah, they cut back six. They they in one shop alone, they said we want six million fewer phones. Mm. So uh, their king of the hill status, we'll see. This could test it. This could test it. I mean, well, yeah, I'm but it's like it's like Netflix. Netflix has two hundred and twenty million subscribers. If they lose half of their audience, they'll still have one hundred and twenty-five million. Yeah, and that'd be amazing. I know, how, I know how Tim could thinks, and he's not thinking like that. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, tell everybody about Platypod and all the great things they do. Well, just um, yesterday, I made a photograph with Grogu from The Mandalorian, 1-6 scale. And I had four Platypods going, Jefferson. I had one holding the background. I had one holding my Platyball, which is a ball head, sort of a reverse ball head that Platypod makes. Mounted my camera to that. I had one holding a kicker light and one holding a main light. So I had four platypods in my chute. And I'm telling you what, um, there's not a day goes by that I don't use these things. If you haven't, I, I, I do think a lot of our audience have them now because we've 
they've heard me talking about them for years, even before this podcast, even before they were a sponsor. But you've heard Scott Kelby talking about them. You've heard Rick Salmon talking about them. You've heard a lot of people talking about them. If you, for some reason, haven't tried it yet, go to platypod.com and check them out because they're really good and they help us do this show. Now, I did want to also address, um, I, I mentioned this on the iPhone photo team site. I am going to be pulling back a little bit. Um, next week will be my last show for a while. So if you have any questions, comments, or concerns that you would like me to address during that last show, uh, send me an email to uh, my personal address, scott at scottborn.com, and I'll try to get that done. In the meantime, uh, Jefferson Graham was one of the first guys in the world doing podcasts and videos and doing it for none other than USA Today. He's more than capable of carrying the show without me, so I hope you'll continue to listen. Uh, thank you very much. You'll be missed, but I know you'll be back. At least I hope you'll be back. So Occasionally, I will certainly stick my head in if something important happens. All righty. Um, on that note, uh, Scott just told you how to reach him, and please send him an email. You could you could send me an email as well, Jefferson Graham at Gmail. Look for, look for me on the iPhonePhotoTeam.com. Look for Scott. He will be there, just not as much. And uh, you can find us both on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Jefferson Graham. Scott is at, at Scott Bourne. And uh, we will see you next week. Have fun.